Welcome to the Yorkshire Grit Podcast. Tackling some of the biggest issues in men's mental health. Welcome back to the Yorkshire Grit Podcast. It has been a while indeed. The last time we did one of these, it was before COVID. Can anyone imagine that? Unfortunately, Dr. Tom, at the moment, he he can't really join us in the studio. So it does feel a little bit alien not having him here, but... Um, I wish him all the best and I'm sure everyone else wishes him the best and he will be he will be back soon. Um, he's just obviously got a baby to look after. This episode is sponsored by the Exceed Sports Group. Their lifestyle programmes will enable you to achieve your goals in a sustainable manner, whether that's losing or gaining weight, achieving personal bests or improving your conditioning. They will be launching in January 2021 with their lifestyle and sports programmes. You can sign up for that at flexlifestyle.co.uk. The Yorkshire Grit Podcast. So today we are lucky enough to have uh, Mamnik. Now, I've only ever known him as Mamnik, but um, uh, his actual name is Tom Barnett. He is from the steel city of Sheffield, entrepreneur slash clothing maker, social Mm. media um, influencer. No, I'm only joking. (laughs) But no, thank you for coming along, Tom. Yeah, no, thanks for having us and for, uh, yeah, well, we've been chatting a bit, haven't we, before, well, but, and we were going to do this a while ago, but it, obviously you... I let you down. No, nah, you're all right. I let you down like I do most people. No, but I, I, I did, I did want to get you, I did want to get you on because um, you seem to have, in a, in a short space of time, for anyone who doesn't know Mamnik, uh, you seem to have built yourself up a good reputation. You seem to, you know, your sphere of influence seems to be quite large considering mm-hmm. you've never been... I hope it doesn't sound derogatory. You've, you've never been a professional cyclist. Oh no! But but yet you seem to have. You seem to be that well respected that you seem mm. to kind of um, go in at that level. How, how how do you kind of how do you explain that? How do you? I don't know what. I, yeah, I was surprised that you to say that. To be honest, I don't really. Uh, people is it just, just seem to. Do you think it's because of social media and people yeah. that you ride with, or the fact that you just you 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 showing. <sighs> You show people that you're out riding your bike because of, you know, Instagram and stuff like that. I would that. probably say it's the, maybe it's the people that buy your clothing. Right. How well your clothing's done. Yeah, yeah. The people that you hang around with. Because you said like a short period of time and as, as well, but like been, like the brand's nearly been established coming up to, well, it'll be like nine years nine. soon. So, I mean, I'm not that far away from keeping this ship afloat for like nearly a decade, which Gee, see, sometimes I, I didn't know it was that long. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of part of it. If you don't, I've, I've often found myself thinking if you're going to, you can like steam onto the scene, yeah, can't you? And make yeah. a massive splash and then you're like gone. And I've just like literally just done everything on a slow burn from, you know, so, started brand with like one product. Right. And well, it were, I started brand with basically two shirts and a, and a stainless steel money clip. And I've just like let it grow from there. And then obviously now nine nine years in, I think we've done something like 320 products still, you know, some of them. I've, I've done, you know, uh, skews. I've done skews. Yeah, exactly. Skews. Yeah. <laughs> Reminds me of bloody selling. A, I used to work at Sunglass Up yeah. International at Meadowall, you know, when I were a nipper. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. one of my first ever jobs and that, they were all skews there. Yeah. yeah all the stock checks. Skew is, is that all the different lines of sizes? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. All var- variants. Variants. Yeah. Look, 
Um, with anyone on the episode, we, you know, for people who don't know who you are, yeah, yeah. <laughs> who that are they, <laughs> um, it's good to get a bit of a story mm. about, you know, uh, where you've come from. And like you say, it has been nine and ten years in the making, yeah, yeah. which is impressive. Oh, um, how did you, because um, Restrap, have you heard of them? Yeah, yeah. They're just around the corner here. Yeah, uh, a, fr uh, a friend of mine, Ash, he, he mentioned Restrap over there. I didn't realise. Yeah, are they still manufacturing here as well? Can you believe it? Oh, that's cool, isn't In it? Armley, Leeds. Wow. And he started very similar to you. Uh, so, yeah, tell us about tell us about the idea behind it, uh, how it began, um, yeah. and, you know, your in and like the inspiration for it. Well, I'd... Um, my background, because, I mean, you said I was from Sheffield, but actually I was born in Rotherham. But nice. my granddad did, he worked in steel industry all his life and I did a degree in fine art. Nice. And then towards back end of degree, I was playing drums in a band. So there were a bit of a weird crossover between finishing yep. my um, BA and then started playing loads of shows in a band. And at the same time, I like dealing in vintage clothing and it kind of became a bit... Not oversaturated, but everyone were just trying to buy the same gear and trying to flock the same gear. And I just thought, I, you know, I wanted, I want something for myself, almost like an extension or like, almost like starting a school project. That's how I did my head. I thought, I want to start my own brand. Right, okay. Start expressing myself in that way. Have something that you can only get from me. Yep. So I weren't having to piss about, go to, you know, Newark Antiques Fair at half past five in the morning looking for an old barber jacket. It was like, I want to get into kind of manufacturing, designing stuff to try and, you know, build some up. So that's pretty much what I what I did, really. Designed a couple of shirts. Uh, I'd met a chap who were, he were involved a bit with bike, used to ride with Chris Walker, a chap called George. Okay. Uh, that, what, he's called Paul Waters, but everyone knows him as Big George. And he had right. a factory and I just... In, in Sheffield? In, now on outskirts of Rotherham. And, uh, yeah, I, as I say, I was dealing in vintage and... He kind of came into this shop that I was working in and we got to know one another a bit because I, I basically was pushing my bike out and he went, oh, are you into bike? And he says, I used to be an half-decent bike rider. He got chatting and I mean, like, nah, George is like a really good friend of mine. Yeah. But that kind of uh, started it off and I says, oh, if I design a shirt, will you manufacture it for me? And he went, yeah. So he basically, he said, oh, you want to do it this way and you want to speak to these people for trim. So a few doors started kind of happening and then in, yep. in about five months, I'd bought like, you know, 100 metres of fabric and I've had some really nice buttons manufactured in Sheffield and took my patterns to him. Yeah. And he basically sampled it up for me and, yeah, just kind of got that into production. And then I, f I think from there, I mean, it's it's strange thinking back that this long, but it just gave me so much confidence. Once I'd brought one product to market, I was like, well, all these other ideas that I've had, all I've got to do now is just find other manufacturers and walking with as much confidence and say, I've got this brand and this is what I'm wanting to do here. And then like next thing, you know, I had a money, money clips would have been manufactured uh, for me. So Cause that, they ended up going online and then I've not really looked back since then. I've just kind of kept working with manufacturers as close to my home as possible. Like by this time, obviously I'm living in Sheffield. So And is that a... I can't imagine that being the cheapest decision, but is that is is that was that always kind of like your USP? You know, it, it, a, a little bit like like this podcast. Really, I try and keep everyone reasonably Yorkshire. It was, and it weren't. I mean, it. I weren't. People said to me, "Oh, I come. I, I know I could get stuff manufactured cheaper and that in China." And I've yep. got no really against people who want to manufacture in Far East or whatever they can do as they please. But for me, 
like for me to have complete control and to take someone on like a bit of a journey, you know, to photograph the manufacturing processes and everything, it was just like... Has to be here. It, yeah, it was great to be here because even to this day, I think like 85% of product that are on my website are manufactured in England. And I will I would also argue that I don't think anybody's bringing like small runs of British made product like to the market at the price that I'm doing it at yeah you know i would probably I mean? agree so it, it is it uh, you know because i obviously worked in the in the cycle clothing industry now you're not necessarily cycle clothing that's almost like a um, a run of clothing for you in a way you're probably more but if anyone does know the uh the the mamnik stuff it is very um i'm trying to think of a word for it uh but i probably won't do it justice uh, uh you know I, I want to say things like regal. I want to say things like um, not quite landed gentry because you have other things like, a, you know, like a burghouse jacket, kind of like a burghouse jacket that you might see at an acid rave. And yeah, then, yeah. And then, but then you've also got um, like those kind of like um, Sherlock Holmes hats. Yeah, like a deer stalker. Yeah. You've got those really nice socks that like you'd almost see a rambler wear. Yeah, yeah. You can't really almost pinpoint the style, can you? Or, no, I don't or, or can you? Well, I've always just. For me, I just think it makes sense when you kind of see it all together. Yeah. You know, if you just took one item out of my, like, inventory of clobber. Yeah. Like, you just take a pair of, say, red walking socks. No one might, someone might not know that they're Mamnik, but then you see those socks within the context of, you know, like a pair of, like, cream chinos or yeah. some, you know, yeah. a wax ja or ventile jacket that I've done or, like, say, a deer stalker, and it kind of all, there's all these different kind of components bit like a synthesizer or something in it like little modules and then you put it all together and then it kind of makes a sound that's how i try and look at it but obviously the ethos of the brand is to do one thing at a time as beautiful as possible that's like the the tagline so if i do make a pair of socks i want them you know i want them to be best socks that i can i do get that from it yeah i do very much feel like if you to get if you to buy a product because you're not necessarily the cheapest but if you were to buy a product it's um it's, it's maybe like a, a bit of an investment. It's not just a kind mm. of a one-off where you're going to get a, a cheap rain jacket off. Oh, you know, I'm not going to disrespect another company. Yeah, but yeah. if it's from China, if you say you're on a, a club run and you lose a gilet or a, a, a rain, you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah. But when maybe some of yours, it's a little bit like, oh, well, actually, I, I don't really want to lose that. It's almost That's like, quite a good way. Of, I get that impression of a lot of folk like save it for best. Yeah. Or buy it for best, you know what and I mean? I, and I think that's quite a good way of defining it, really. Because mm. well, the ironic thing is it's like you've got, like that jacket that you've got on, mm. You, you that's probably, you know, more expensive than half its stuff on my website. But yep. yeah, you'll wear it every day. Oh, so I love it. It's always funny, isn't it? Just that world of, oh, that, I'll save it for best. But then you might end up with a 400 quid jacket on your back and you wear it every day. So It's funny you notice that because I... Uh, I've got an obsession, not an obsession, but uh, with urban. I would mm. probably say that I love urban, like casual hooliganism, that kind of scene. Mm. Mm. But then, but then I also find it tacky and chavy. Mm. But I'm very much aware of that. It changes as well, though. <sighs> like I've it? got a Stone Island cap on. I know that. Yeah. But but I don't wear it to be a rude boy with a side bag. Yeah, yeah, Be yeah. Being a dickhead. Yeah, okay. I, get I wear it because it's cool as fuck. Yeah, totally. I, and I feel very. Whenever I put on a cool jacket, I feel very protected. I just feel. I feel hard. Damn. <laughs> you don't look it. <laughs> no, I don't feel hard. I feel. I can't explain it. 
I, I can't explain it. But it, it, I think I get what you're saying. I've thought about it in past, like when I've had SPW pieces and that, and you get odd person going, oh, you know, you got goggles on your jacket. What do you think you're an hooligan? But it's like I always think of the but, French but, actor. Um, but that'd like, be too far for me. Yeah, yeah. That would be too much of the stereotype. And yeah. then they'd be like, oh, Tom, you've just fitted the bill. I, I can't go that far. It has to be a little bit, what you know, like, once, like I want to put my uh, toes in the water, yeah, yeah. but I don't want to be, you know, fully submerged. No, I think my point we're going to be there with, with stuff like that. You almost have this trust in your head. Like, like the example I were going to use were some of them old uh, Osti pieces, like Elaine Delon, who was like a, you know, massive... Oh, there now. Osti, is, is, is that the guy, Massimo? Massimo Osti, yeah, he was the, like, a designer for Stone Island CP Company. But this photo is just like, you know... Uh, Hollywood or your French film actors wearing Stone Island. Is there? And they don't look like, it's not like they look like your standard 18 stone bloke no, stood something, no. you know. And Larger, I always think Millwall. that. Because, yeah, like bits I've always had, I've, I've often thought, I hope I look more like yeah. Elaine Delon than, you know, yeah, you know, Cass Pennant. No disrespect yeah, to no, Cass Pennant, but. But it's the same with Burberry. They had to go, because they're only in Wakefield, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. There was a massive whole, um, you know, it's a brand which goes back years. I don't know anything about it, by the way. But now, all of a sudden, in the in the 90s, that mm. and Aqua Scooter were very much associated yeah, yeah. with it. Mean, it's happened to loads of brands, hasn't it? I mean, it only recently, well, I said recently, it must be like probably a decade ago when like barber jackets, you know, like the quilted barbers, yeah, they, they, were ended up, they became like more popular. And all it takes is one person to wear it. Look at like what Drake's done again with Stone Island. That's, oh. It's just blown it up and then they've ended up doing the collabs with Supreme and stuff. And I mean, it's not really, for me, I'm more kind of into that like purist, like vibe clobber. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not, I, I don't really like the idea of fashion, which sounds stupid considering I design and manufacture clothing, but like fashion to me seems quite fickle. Okay. Does that as, make as, in, sense? as in what way? Well, it's just like way because it, it comes and goes. It's yeah, it's just not. There's no like. I like timeless stuff. Do you know? I mean, there's a yeah. reason. I would I, completely agree. I'll with design that. one of them. I'll design and I've manufactured that nice. Well, I think it's nice, like that deer stalker. And that'll last and, you for. And like, yeah, I'd like to think that in ten years' time, I might still be producing that same hat, and you know. One, it might come into fashion, so a couple of people might buy one, but then you might get someone who likes angling stumbling across it, or, oh, we'll buy this for granddad's uh, birthday. That I've, Do you know what I mean? I quite yeah. like, I don't want it to just be like, oh, that's that standout piece, yeah. and then suddenly you sell 10,000 units. It's yep. like, I just try and, you just try and keep your consumer and people guessing as well on a wider context at branded. Once you've pigeonholed something, I always find that it's like, it becomes so easy to dismiss it. Whereas if you're constantly doing more interesting stuff week in, week out, yeah. no one, you keep, everyone's second guessing, aren't they? And I, I, I like, that's how I like to run my business for rightly or wrongly. Well, it's, it sounds like you're doing really well, um, which kind of brings me on to COVID yeah. really, which is, you know, the last time I did one of these, we didn't have COVID. Um, you know, now we do. Yeah. Uh, it has been, and the reason why I've set up this new series is because I think people do need cheering up. Mm. Um, and I think there is a lot of people suffering and having a really hard time out there. Yeah, definitely. You know, my mum hasn't seen a boyfriend for eight months. Oh, really? <laughs> Can you imagine that? It's, uh, and she's just, you know, she's having a really hard time because he's got this rare blood disease and he's taking it really seriously. Yeah, of course. Uh, but there's people like that everywhere at the moment. So I think people do need a bit of a, I think people do need cheering up at the moment. Uh, but has has COVID has, has COVID impacted your? Because I I 
I think Genesis, Madison Genesis, uh, and Saddleback who do certain mm. uh, bag products, they had really stellar summers. Yeah. Because all of a sudden, when COVID hit, people were either trying to buy swimming pools for the back gardens mm. or, or bikes. Yeah, yeah. Did you find that... I did, you... I did all right with kit, but then I don't, you know, as we may get onto, like when I have cycling kit manufactured, I try and pride myself on it being like, so it, you can't buy it online. You have to just send me a direct message on social media or an email. So I'm not having like hundreds, you know, I've never done more than 20, 20 jerseys. Any design I've done, I've like made 20 of them and it's like, you know, yeah. get it while you can. And then yeah. I like to just, you know, produce a, a different jersey after and then do another 20 of that. So you're that, almost opposite. I to... can still produce 200 jerseys. But I want it to be like in batches of 10 and 15 as opposed to, oh, I've had, you know, 500 of these med in Lithuania and it's everywhere. I like the idea of just everything becoming a bit more kind of just like, I like that all, I don't know if it's because I come from a art background, but, you know, like the aura around, say, an object. Yeah. If you're stood looking at Mona Lisa, it's going to, you've seen so many images of it, mm -hmm. but yeah, if you stood in front of it, you're like, oh. You know, it's different it's to got an aura you know. to it, hasn't yeah, it? And yeah, I just think if you've got something that's quite elusive, like you see someone out in Mamnik kit, it's and I know this from getting direct messages of people. Like I shared one other day with that. Uh, there's a, there were a chap in uh, is it Uzbekistan, and he said someone had come past in like a yomp cap, no. and he said I just I had to just go over and you know said to him, oh god, yeah, Mamnik, and I think that hopefully that's what it should breed really it's not like one of them you wouldn't stop someone and say oh yeah castelli oh i know that brand no, but no, it feels like there's this kind of bit of a i don't know an etiquette I don't interconnectedness know between, yeah, so, between users yeah yeah quite wish i quite like that yeah i mean it's it's but, not but but without the globalization yeah definitely i mean don't get me wrong if i had if i had run a pre-order for a jacket and i had 600 people ask me to manufacture it like I'd, I'd get 600 made but at the minute i just like that idea of just doing smaller numbers and just keeping it yep. keeping it exclusive and fruity and i think it like yes like i said i think one of the things that comes off of the back of that is there seems to be this like you know Did, like a bit of a tip that. of the hat bit of a nod to one another oh yeah Hello, yeah. Yomper. Well, yeah, because <laughs> which is which is one of your words that you've coined, isn't it? Almost. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, appropriated. Appropriate. Um, yomper. Do you want to talk us through what yomper means? Well, it, is, I, it, is it in the English dictionary, yomper? Yeah. Yomp. It? I don't know if it is. I've got be good if it. If, be good if it. I think it might get be, it in but the... it's an acronym. Your own marching pace. But when oh, I got involved oh, with cycling, what I, what I noticed were yeah. from going on club runs and stuff. Yeah. It felt like there were a massive just that old pro wannabe. You know, look look at how the industry's set up now, you know, cycling weekly and stuff like that. You look at it, it's like do, what to eat, what how to sleep, all this shit how, to be how, a pro how you, cyclist. How do you... Because, you know, let's get into it now. That, that, that's really kind of... The cycling scene, the 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 the, the brands that are out there, it's a heavily, mm. heavily saturated market, the clothing market. Mm. There's too many people trying to take the pie. It's ridiculous. Someone starts a new clothing brand every other day. Mm. How do you see it for the 10 years? Are you still proud to be associated with it? What, with biking? Yeah. Yeah, but I still... And it, like, oh, do, oh, do, just... do a lot of things annoy you? No, no, I don't... Nothing really annoys me. I just like responding to it. It's like, again, I don't know if that's... Like coming from an artistic background, but I've always thought that artists contest culture. So while ever, while ever this summit to you know, it's like a bat and ball, isn't it? While ever you get your big brands doing this, that, and other, I'm always thinking, well, I'll swim in opposite direction. 
Like it's like bi- like that, you know, X's, uh, ones and zeros, like that binary kind of w- way in which our brains work. Yeah, I just think you know, your Castellis, your Raffers, they all could, they may as well just be the same brand to me. Mm-hmm. It could all you could wrap all that up and just go, yeah, it's just all the same. It's just a it's just a name, isn't it? And I'm not saying that my brand's going to be any different, but I do try to just do things a little bit. Whatever they're doing, I'll pro- you'll probably find me swimming in. Opposite oh, direction. It, from what I from what I'm gauging and I'm having a bit of inf- experience in the cycle clothing market, is um, it's almost just down to the marketing team mm. and how big your marketing budget is. Yeah, and, and that is just a fact. <laughs> if yeah, you like, if you can pay a group of people to go to Spain, get a cool photographer, ride up the colder rats, look edgy mm. as, and then descend looking edgy. You'll probably do all right with the kit as long as it looks reasonably good. I think you'll do all right in a certain market, yeah. Yeah. If it's just, you know, that comes at a cost though, doesn't it? You know, like a lot of these brands, are, like they'll be shareholders get a Strava, and investors and people get a Strava like that link, Get a um build a following on Instagram, use a discount code, do a Black Friday sale, uh, do a bundle deal. Yeah. It, you know, I could probably write now a prerequisite. Sounds to, like you need to start a brand. Yeah, I could probably <laughs> do a prerequisite now to how you would start a cycling brand. Yeah. But it's a dog, it's dog eat dog. Mm. It's, a, it's a dog fight. Mm. Black Friday when you're versus Sigma um, Wiggle. It's just like the footsie. It's just like the, the stock. Mm. It's just who's going to be the cheapest. And then someone will literally go on Google and they will type in uh, ASOS, whatever. Didn't used to be the ASOS 851 Air Jack, which, by the way, yeah, is yeah. the daddy. Still that reckon is, that's the boy. That is. I Google it every now and then trying to find one. When it matched one. up, when you see some, I saw an old boy of day with matching blue, blue and black on. Oh, Tights and top, I was like that. That blue's awful, yeah. but it looks mint. Yeah. And you can you get the hats as well. I remember having them red tights one year, and because uh, they did it in yellow, white, black, red, and blue. Oh, I'd brought I brought my collarbone like I, I ate a chicken, and it it happened at wrong time. I'd just been to, to Tuscany riding yeah. with my mate Tim, yeah. and I come back and I was like fit as out, just yeah. done like two weeks in yeah. no, not two weeks, must be ten days in Tuscany riding. Freshen and I thought, it. oh, I'm I'm fat, like I felt fit, and then yeah. I ate this chicken, come down in November. Yeah. It's a bit time like. But it had all bonded me clavicle. Yeah. It were like icy roads. I just thought, oh, I can't be arsed with this. So over this like three or four months, probably must have put on about a stone and a half, and then I come out in them bloody red Asos tights, yeah. and I was just, I must have just looked a right clown, you know, because they're just they're not forgiving, are they? It's not a forgiving <laughs> colour, bright red tights. I was like, Jesus. It's uh, yeah, because you look at people in the pro peloton, you know, and, and you look at trying to like you, you look at the colourways mm. and you look at what people are doing. And uh, the EF Pro, yeah, Pro yeah. I don't even know how you pronounce that name, Education First, they've yeah. just done that uh, collab. Was it Palace? Yeah, that's it. I don't know much about that Palace brand. Skateboard brand in London, isn't it? Yeah. Right. That were clever, clever. I thought that were a good marketing I thought it was. spin for them. But to be fair to them, they have done really well, aren't they, over years, Rafford? You know, I think they went downhill a bit. Uh, the same with Assos. They thought that they could fuck off the market and that they thought they could do it online and they failed a bit. Mm. Um, bit like Pinarello, they thought they could fuck off shops, uh, and then they all had to come cap in hand a bit. Mm. See, the problem with is if you fuck off shops and you go direct, if you're big, yeah. And I emailed a woman who was a uh, doc- a doctor in this about uh, consumerism, and she did stuff for um, 
Harley Davidson. She did stuff for Bell staff. She was very, very clever. And she said, you, you have to still have uh, a physical presence. Mm. You can go online if you want, but you have to have physical presence because people will still want to go in. They still want to touch. They still want to fill on. They still want to know the product. Yeah, yeah. If you just completely disregard that, she said, you'll pay. Um, and I think if you look at iPhone, I was reading, oh, what's it called of iPhone? Not top-down sales, vertical sales. Right. Because they do everything from they make their screens all the way to having their own actual physical shop where they sell it in. So yeah. that's called vertical. I'm learning here. Right. <laughs> uh, I am. <laughs> yeah. But, they, uh, but that's the same as with, uh, but a lot of shops, they just fucked it off. Right. And they think, right, well, we'll just go online because that's where you make most of your money, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You just make most of your money online. And I mean, I, I, what, what happened with me were uh, we opened like Mamnik in Tokyo because Asamu, like bef as I was saying before, when I started, before I started um, Mamnik, yeah. I used to deal in vintage and I would, Basically, supplying two Japanese chaps were like British made, like you said, Berghouse, Bell yeah. Staffs. And I'd just, you know, save them all up for them and they'd come twice a year. And then the, it would, like, as Sam said to me, oh, you know, what are you going to do? Like, I mean, he didn't speak great English and he still doesn't now, but he was like, what are you going to do, like, with your life kind of thing? This was like 10 years ago. And I was like, well, thinking of starting a brand. And he was like, oh, yeah, I think you should. That'd be cool. So I did start a brand. And then he said, oh, can I stock it in? Uh, he had a shop, West, Vest Velts, over in uh, Machida in Tokyo. Joking. How did so, he get in touch with him? He just walked into a shop that I was working. He just come in one day with his mate, Co, and they were like, these these are all, this is what we're here to buy. Have you got anything? And Paul, gaffer at shop, were like, no. And I was like, I have. I've got loads of it in the house. You know, just really? like, you know, boxes are added as trainers and that. Come, come probably from it a little bit like that, you know, like what you've just described, bit of a football casual kind of angle. Uh, always had just boxes or added ass and, you know, yeah. like I said, old Peter Storm cagoules and stuff like that. You just, you just get to a point when you're in that industry, you know what something's worth and if you can buy it at a fiver and sell it at 35, 40 quid, then you just buy it, don't you? Of course it's you just do. Like, of course you do. You might not necessarily have that much. You don't get anything from doing that. I'd always keep all best stuff for, to keep me sent out, but if I were offered like 10 Berghouse jackets at five, six quid each, you'd just buy them all, just knowing that, well, one day they're gonna, one day yeah. you can sell them. So I would just st like basically stacking clobber up for them two and stocking it to them. And then when I started doing Mamnik, then he started taking shirts off me and then money clips. And then that was selling out over there. And so every time I did an, every time I um, manufactured out, he were taking some out and then he just said, oh, why don't we do Mamnik in Tokyo? And I just said, what, like flagship store in Tokyo? <laughs> <laughs> just a no-brainer, isn't it? So set that up Isn't and then how things can work like that. Over here, what ended up happening were because I I were playing in in band and um, what did you play? What was the drums? Band? Drums, right. Mad Colors, we were called. And did all right actually. And did. what sort of music you in? Because you you you're a creative <laughs> guy, aren't you? Then if you've so you studied fine art, yeah. Then you're in a band, yeah. Uh, done a bit of cycling. Mm. And then you created, a, and then you created a brand. Yeah. So, so st the, the the thing with Mamnik were as well. At the same time as me getting into bike, I were at this kind of crossroads where, you, when you're playing in band, you basically you're waiting around to play a show. Yeah. You're drinking and smoking. Like my, I used to be an half decent 
like I used to play footy when I was younger and I was mm. half decent but then I, you go through uni and before you know it you've got five years of just drinking smoking and just talking crap yeah. and I just thought need to get back on that fitness vibe and I thought cycling looks cool this were obviously like I don't know maybe might be going on about 11 years ago so when I started Mamnick I remember going into Peak District on bike my mate Tony like showing me some routes and that I was like can't believe this is on doorstep of Sheffield like why is no one like say no about it and then you know, when I was thinking of starting my brand, I thought, well, that's what it needs to be, Mam Nick, road that goes up Mam Tour, and, like, it can all all uh, items of clothing can be named after different places in Derbyshire, and that's basically where it ended up kind of coming from. God, that's cool, isn't it? But it's mad to think now that, no, like, no one were doing that before, I don't think. I mean, maybe a brand's come and, come and gone that had done that, but it almost just, like, fell into place. I know you had to come up with idea. There might be some people who've not come up with that idea yeah. but now to be kind of part of a, I think I'm quite part of a cycling like community in North of England definitely that's yeah, how I've ended up knowing you know folk like Tom and Dave and yeah, Joey and I would you know, agree with that I would agree yeah, with gonna, that like, remember going to Chris Walker's house where it, uh, like that Christmas and George had brought like some cooks of me and you're like off half pinching yourself thinking he was like one of the best cyclists in England and then like I'm <clears throat> Just stood in his kitchen at Christmas yeah, and he's like matter, saying, you look like a rock star. It's yeah, just, it I know it doesn't matter, matter but it's weird. Day, you still yeah. pinch yourself there, don't yeah, you? It's yeah. like to come from where I came from and then to just be there, it's like everyone's just been so kind of, you know, dead yeah. rate with me. It's Because we were outside having a coffee earlier and you mentioned about the physical aspect of cycling day after day. And I jokingly said to you, all oh, right, yeah, we're talking about the physical side. Because the physical side to me is easy. Mm. It's the mental side trying to get out. I, I think that's competitiveness, though, that because for me, like, the physical side takes care of the mental side. I mean, I'm right. Look, when you were obviously doing Yorkshire Grit, I thought, I don't even know how much I can really comment on that mental side because, you know, touch wood and thank God, I, I don't feel like I've ever really... Maybe had slight touches of body dysmorphia from wearing bloody tight lycra. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And yeah. probably doing a bit too much drinking. But aside from that, I just think that while ever I'm riding bike, I'm usually just... It's like having a, a drip on arm, you know, like I can remember my girlfriend's mum said, oh, I, I love seeing Tom. He's always, he's always happy. And it's like, because I've got bloody, I'm just on, I'm on drip, if that makes sense. I'm With just bike. riding bike. Yeah, you know, like I said earlier, 15 to 20 hours a week, that's almost like the drug. You're just like, you're constantly on it. If I get up and do two hours in the morning, I'm telling you, rest of the day, I'm just like... I'm just buzzing out. Everything just feels like a breeze. But then I'm not having to yeah. think about, I'm not doing a training plan. I'm not doing it. I'm literally just going out and riding my bike and just exploring like parts of Derbyshire that I've never been before or something. See, I'm just I'm just not there yet. Mm. I'm just not there yet. I still find it very, I don't know, I still find it a bit dark sometimes. It's really weird. Mm. Like, I'd love to be there, but some it's preventing me from waking up I'm thinking, oh, I really want to ride today. I, I, I don't think I'll ever feel that. I think I'll mm. always see it as a bit like, ooh, it's a bit Sumerian outside. Yeah. A bit grey, a bit like, I, I can't quite explain I think it. I'm obsessive when I think that I've managed to, like, keep my obsessiveness, like, I've co managed to control it and channel it into, you know. Like, basically, the bike is, if I stop riding now, 
then I don't think that... Like, I, I pride myself on Mamnik being really authentic. The fact that I'm doing cycling clothing and the fact that I'm wearing it myself and I'm trying it yeah. out and I'm riding it, I think that adds a lot to it. If I stopped riding, yeah, I'd you, feel like a bit of a fraud. Of course like, you would. You know, if I stopped, do, like, going on big walks, you know, I'm supposed to be going up Kinder Wednesday and I'll have my alpaca socks on and I'd almost think, God, if I, if I weren't doing any of this and I weren't still yeah. going into Derbyshire every day, then my brand would just be like, I'd just be another, oh, yeah, it's just a few bankers that have got together and chucked some money at trying to make an impression. I'm not interested in any of that. It has to feel you authentic to me. You have to, you to, have to touch, feel... Yeah, li- definitely. ...live in it for it then to transcend into the yeah, clothing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which makes, which makes perfect sense. Well, um, I hope so, yeah, and, you know, and that is the challenge. You... I'd love it if, you know, more and more people saw that and were like, fucking hell, I want to buy that. I want to buy that stuff that he's selling yeah. for that reason, not just like, oh, my mate wears this. And yeah. they don't know how to buy it. I mean, I said this to someone the other day. What I don't understand about this, that you've got all these brands in London. Yeah. Like, last thing that I've never ridden my bike in London and know what I want to. No, I just don't awful. think I'm interested. No. It's like, but how come they've got this stranglehold on a market when... <sighs> because... When, yeah, that's a really good they, question. They can have all, they can have the suits and that, you know, your bankers and you, you get it, don't you? You've got Savile Row and whatnot. That makes complete sense. But for outdoor brands to be based banging centre of London, it's like they should like back in the day, your mountain equipments, your Rab Carringtons, they're all like based up here. They were really? out doing it. Yeah, I mean Rab Carrington still lives in Sheffield. Like you could you could go and have a jar with him at Union, he'd probably tell you to get fucked like <laughs> Uh, do you know what it's a really uh, you know I've, I feel quite passionate about it and I'm really glad you said that because uh, there are so many edgy hipstery brands now that are mm. based in London and you know that just is what it is really yeah, yeah. Um, but when the World Championships was up in Yorkshire I felt very proud about that yeah yeah it were cool weren't it yeah and I felt you know it was a chance, it was a chance to kind of showcase Yorkshire team <laughs> um but there weren't that many. No, but you, you are right. There aren't that many brands now up up here in the north. They mm. kind of are all for. And it, you know, isn't the money? They all look cool. They all, you know, wear these brands, and they probably don't really train that much. But that's mm. fair enough. Maybe we're just bitter. Yeah, maybe we are. Maybe because <laughs> I have thought about this. Oh, you might be. I feel alright about. <laughs> it. Yeah, I have. I have. Which actually brings us on to. Um, uh, Instagram and how mm. many and you know you get deleted every now and then yeah. and, and and you have to restart back up. I'm on to like fourth account or something now. Is this your fourth account? Yeah, I think it's my third actually. Right, Mamnick, which were like verging on like nearly ten thousand followers, which were accounts which is great. from the start and yeah. then that went. So yeah. then I were like, oh, I'll go Mamnick Sheffield. And, they'd, and then recently that went as well. But once you've... You know, because it never really affected it. I think a lot of people now, like Instagram, it's it's changing world, isn't it? Everyone's on it, let's of face it. it You're not pressed to find anybody who's in the age bracket of, like, what, 15 to 35 who's not going to be looking at the phone and looking at Instagram. So you've got to be there. But when I'd... What, what filled me full of confidence first time it got took down, never saw any, like changing you know there were no it did it didn't marry up to any financial change it weren't like look my instagram's gone now nah, i'm not making any money and like people aren't buying stuff it were like just carried on as normal and i just thought god it's like a illusion this and, I, and I, it does it frustrates me i must admit that aspect to our society i'm not trying to hold my hands up and say oh everyone needs to get off instagram but you know i remember listening to that rogan and um elon musk Podcast and you're talking about has been we're halfway there, but 
like becoming cyborgs. And I thought he's absolutely nailed it. It's true. You look at your hours that you've spent on your phone. Yeah, like, what the, what's going on there when yeah. you're spending nearly six? Like, I remember, like my girlfriend always laughs because if I do a six-hour ride, I'll say, "God, that's like." Can you imagine going to school at nine o'clock and then getting out at three. It's like. It's like riding all all the way through a school day. It's mad, but it? imagine when you look at your phone and you've been on your phone six hours a day. Like, and that's exactly the same. It's like, it's unreal. I don't... I just think our culture is, is in so many aspects, is failing and suffering because of Instagram and people just being addicted to phones. I think it's not doing out for mental health. I think we're not. just ending up in this weird, like, monoculture where you have to all think exactly the same and all do everything same way and it's just it, it is a really strange time to i can't believe it took this long actually because it's not social media is not a new thing is it but i think no. this whole instagram like image thing is it's just starting to play out in society in a right weird way i i got facebook when i was at uni my first i remember when it happened when i was in first year uni someone going oh, have you got facebook and I, I got it and then now if you look at instagram um Instagram is is base, and I could I speak loads about Instagram. It is basically, and I am guilty of it, mm. even though I try not to be. It's just keeping up with the Joneses. Mm. You only portray your best life and your best stuff, and yeah. that is just a fact. Yeah, you would never, ever, ever, ever just put on Instagram on a story, queuing an Aldi. Or uh, I, I did yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> un unless you're being facetious and you're yeah, being yeah, just yeah. to make it funny, but you would never put just something mundane. Yeah. Or yeah. even imagine putting not having a great day today. It'd actually be really nice if I could maybe go for a drink with someone. I'm feeling a bit lonely. You just wouldn't dare put that. Mm. But you only ever put champagne bottles or if you're having a great moment or if you're doing something amazing. Mm. But that's unsustainable because then the next person's going to do it, and then before you know it. It just goes I think up. That creates like and up, a and up and up and up. So where's it going to end? Mm. Where is it going to end? Oh, it's not going to end, is it? Because if you look at Instagram now under my search, it's basically just porn. Yeah, it is basically soft porn. I must admit, I... girls just inactive wear. Which look, I don't know what's amazing. going on with that explore. I don't know how that works. I don't like know how it. that how that works because on mine, it's like you can't get out of it though. No, because like how, yeah, how do you refresh it? How do you refresh it? Mine is bikes and basically soft porn. Mm. Um, Let's have a look at your phone. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and then there's these. I follow this one woman. It's so funny. She's a, a doctor in Norway. Right. And she just buy or sells or something and she's on her comp laptop every day. But every picture is with her boobs out and because she's got, you know, and I'm just thinking, like, if you were to look at that, you just go, well, you're not really there for the buy or sells and your doctorate and your, mm. you know, your, your catering for a market, which is unfortunately heavily sided on middle-aged men. And it is, if you look at photos, it's just all men. Yeah, yeah. And that's fucked up, isn't it? It is a bit strange. That is fucked up. Like, I don't care what you're saying. It's like, you, but then is it, or is she just making the most of what, you know, you know, she's just making the most of what she's got and she's, <laughs> she's just trying to make, forge a career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose, yeah, I mean, there's plenty of that stuff that goes on, isn't there? I remember when that old uh, Formula One, when they were getting rid of the car girls, where it, or, or what do they call them, podium yeah, girls? That's they not... got rid of them and it's like, yeah, but no one's forcing these women to do it. If that's what they like doing... 
then like shut. Do you know like when they they go yeah. and they petition it or they go and stand outside with the placards, get rid of podium girls, it's sexist, and then so they do get rid of them, and then all these girls are suddenly like, oh, I enjoyed doing that. It were a good day out. Yeah, it's it, like do you know what I mean? Who, no one asks them. It's just it's virgin it, on getting silly. It, yeah, that sort of stuff's virgin on, on getting really silly. I I, I feel, mm. and I, and I wouldn't want it to kind of cancel culture. This is the Yorkshire Grit Podcast. So we're in the midst of midst midst the of, midst the midst. How do you spell it? The midst. midst. Is it the midst? Midst. I'm, I'm, I is it a I'm dyslexic, so don't ask me. We're in the middle. We're in the a, middle of a pan, global pandemic. Yeah, it's 2020. It's getting to Halloween. Um, uh, football crowds are still not allowed in stadiums, which is a massive shame. Mm. How do you feel? How are you going to steer? Mamnik through this uncertain times. I'm just going to keep doing the same. Just keep to be fair, like last six months have been really good for me. Yeah, I, I like. I've we, seen we, you Bentley we outside. Started, <laughs> we started talking. <laughs> it's not mine. We started talking about it earlier, didn't we? And you do sometimes get a bit. You don't want to be going. Oh yeah, things are ace because I know that it's not ace for everyone, and it, you don't want to be looking like you're gloating. But I, I just saw the opposite me from the uh, when we went into lockdown. I found that. People, you know, my customers, I don't know if it's just that they were worried that I might not have made it through, but it's just so generous. Like, really? I had like, I've had like a spike in sales since March. Well, a lot of clothing brands have. It's been that way, hasn't it? Yeah. So that's, it. hopefully, it can just, it can keep going like that. I hope still have a good Christmas and then, I mean, year upon year, you learn something new about how to do this, what yep. I'm doing. So, like, I feel like I'm not. I'm not. I'm not mastered it, but I know when to put certain things into production. I definitely this year coming out of Christmas, I reinvested for summer, and then all my stock like around landed just as we went into lockdown. So when there were other brands like, oh, we can't do this, we can't do that, I were like releasing a new product every week because it had all been. I'd, I'd, I were already on top of it, not yeah. because I knew that there were a pandemic, but I'd, I kind of just got a bit lucky, and I've just done the same. With like any all my suppliers and factories and people that I work with, I've just continued to just reinvest with them. I've not I've not took my foot off at gas and thought, oh, I'm going to just try and yeah. keep a bit of money back. I've just like carried on just designing and making, and there's just I've still got loads more to come out this year before Christmas. And then I've just done all summer stuff. I just thought, oh, I'll just get all my summer yeah, kit you're, manufactured. You're do it six it's all made. It's all it's all ready to just be photographed. I mean, I might go to Lanzarote or something to photograph. <laughs> so, what what are your top tips for getting through COVID? Then you know you know what are your you know some people listening who might be struggling at the moment and they're thinking, you know, apart from buying something from mamnick.co.uk. Yeah. Bit, of, bit of regular exercise. Yep. Um, bit of reading. Okay. I reckon. Eating well. Just yep. your standard. Just your simple, just, just your simple. It's not rocket science. Yeah, there's, I've got, no, there's no secret to it, is there? Just a nice bit of steady away, bit of broccoli and ch a chicken breast. <laughs> and some yomping. Bit, oh, definitely a bit of yomping, bit of fresh air. Um, well, look, it, um, uh, it's good to get. It's been good to get you on because it's been a while in oh, in the making, and it's and it's nice to steer away from the mental health side. It doesn't always mm. have to be, you know. Doesn't always have to. You were trying to pull us back in though. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, how can I make him cry? <laughs> <laughs> oh God, haven't you got a really depressing story? <laughs> no, but you know what? He's like, it is really nice to hear a success story. Oh, thanks. And it's really nice to hear someone who is from Yorkshire who is doing really, really well, who doesn't care what people think. Mm. You know, 
flips the finger. I don't think no one cares really, but they just pretend Cost to care, do. don't they? Cost, yeah, yeah, you know, because you've got to really you know. There's so many lick asses out there. Yeah, people with brown nose who were like, "Oh my god, great! I love that song." Fuck, off. you know, you don't really think of that. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it is really nice to, and I can't wait to open my cap. That's really kind of you. I owe you some money for that. It's really nice. I love the. That's a free gift. Though. I love the packaging. Yeah, it's a good cap that come out nice well Gab said that he said because uh, they're not the cheapest but he said they actually fit because mm. it's sometimes hard to find a cap that fits just right mm. um, I just need to think about what I'm going to do what I'm going to invent what yeah. I'm going to start what are you going to do I don't know I always think I want to do something but um, I've been doing hot tubs and gaze- gazebos recently what are they <laughs> you, know, like when you, you know when you're on tag and you have to have one of them like when you've been into prison and you have one of them tags around your ankles yeah you should. you could do like some kind of, it's like a bit of jewellery, but Round it's like own. a tag. It'd suit you. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like a tag. What, to show that I'm on I'm on release and I've got to be home by 8pm? No, 8 but PM. it looks like that, but it's not that. Oh, but it's, it's not more, that. It's like, just something like, like an ankle bracelet. That'd be good, wouldn't it? In, yeah, an ankle. Bring that up, bring that in for summer. So you just... All an you ankle do is, bracelet. Yeah, you, you ditch the socks and you wear some kind of stainless steel shackle. I, I'm just not an entrepreneur. I'm not an entrepreneur. Ah, everyone, isn't it? I'm not it's an fair. ideas person. No, 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 no. I'm not an inventor. Yeah. Like you need to see spats wear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you know, I, I couldn't think something like that. I'm just not that. Mm. I'm not gifted like that. But uh, but I'd like to think I've I've got. Yeah, I'd like to think I'm quite good. You've at got something. a different gift. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm still trying to find it. Yeah. Following Liverpool Football Club and Jurgen Klopp. <laughs> that's my gift. Oh, We're God. playing tonight. But look, uh, Tom T H O M. Bit yeah. edgy, edgy. Uh, really great to have you on. It has been a while, uh, and I hope this series is a little bit of interest f- for people um, during COVID. Gives you something to listen to that you didn't maybe know about uh, Mamnik. Um, and I hope you uh, hope you get home safe. M1, yeah. M1 back to Sheffield. Yeah. Thanks for having us. No, it's absolutely fine. Thank you, and we will. Uh, yeah, we'll see you soon. Thank you very much. The Yorkshire Grit Podcast. Subscribe now on iTunes and Spotify.